Welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing, then some. I'm your host, the busy, legendary Randy Erickson. Got a full schedule this weekend, it looks like. Be shooting a the Motherload Gravel Grinder tomorrow, 200-mile gravel grinder race. And then Sunday, 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 shoot mini sprints. Kind of one of my favorite things to do, so that should be fun. Uh, Plus getting, you know, the usual stuff done around the house, get the dog out. Although she's going to go with me tomorrow shooting because she likes to shoot pictures. This week we start um, Cowboy Tough June. So each week, each yeah, each week this month we'll be talking to somebody um, racing Cowboy Tough this year. We talked to John Van Dis last week. Uh, this week, we're there. our second guest will be Melissa Combs, who will be racing for Yoga Slackers. Um, it's interesting conversation. But before we start that, um, I had a little talk with Doug Kreitzer about uh, the Mayan Mountain Adventure in Belize becoming an adventure race, World Series race, and uh, some of the things they have planned there. So. We will have a short conversation with Doug and then uh, a little longer with Melissa. So it should be kind of an interesting podcast. Might be a little bit longer one. Hope you got a big workout plan. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, remember, go fast, take chances, and thanks for listening. Hi, Randy. Hey. That's, that was almost perfect timing. Yeah, just... Just walked in from uh, real work to <laughs> get everything set up. What are you working on today? What, are you, what project are you into now? I'm uh, doing another um, rock veneer. Nice. Uh, um, at my friend Gary's place, we tore we tore the door out and put a window in, but but it's log home. So how do you make it not look like you tore a door out? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we. Uh, Went around it and went out a little bit, and that's where his grill is going to sit. Mm-hmm. So putting putting the rock behind it, and, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to look pretty good. Yeah, you, it doesn't. You do great stonework, man. I really admire your work. Uh, well, thanks. My my grandpa did that. I I was mixing concrete for him when I was five years old. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um. Well, first of all, I want to. Congratulate you. Welcome you to the club of guys that married way out of their league. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody. So, no, oh, I'm, I'm every every part every of that. day I'm with that woman, Julia Pollock, I, I, or Julia Kreitzer. I look around like I just stole the hen from the chicken coop. You know what I mean? I want to see if anybody's yep. caught me yet. So, yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. We're very happy. Yeah. And then now you got – it was a big week for you. It was a big week. We did the uh, Equinox Traverse last week, and uh, we had a really dynamic group of racers there that were well represented. You know, really really what I'm excited about for the NARS is these Canadian racers, uh, you know, having a chance to race for their nationality uh, because there's so many, as you know, there's so many good Canadian racers. Yeah. And uh, they represented well. They they competed well, and uh, you know we had a lot of elite teams there. And uh, the weather cooperated. It was a brutal course, Randy. I got to tell you, for a 44-hour course, it had uh, well the bike alone was 120 miles with over 25,000 feet of elevation gain. Well, that's a that's a good race. Yeah, yeah. I was excited about it, and I'm excited about the film capture too. I think this will probably be. Uh, even a more dynamic film than the Belize film. And I'm very excited, you know, not only for adventure racing, but for those teams that competed uh, to have that, um, you know, digital platform that they can stand up on and get and get exposure for their sponsors, you know? Yeah, yeah. It can help a lot, that's for certain. Yeah, I'm already hearing that. I'm already hearing from teams that have been in either Expedition Adventure or the Belize film that, that it's really benefiting their ability to, to go out and, and find sponsorship. Yeah, well, it's a it's a media driven world. It is. We've had this conversation before. <laughs> yeah, it, it totally is, and becoming more so. And I, that's why I see so much value in what you do. And and uh, 
hopefully this will, as, as, as the NARS continues to grow, the, this will be something that we do as part of a, a coalition of media, even more and more so. Yeah, yeah, so, so, well, um, how did the Belize, how did Belize become a race, adventure, a World Series race? You know, I've been talking to talking to those folks for a few years and obviously admire what they do. Uh, they mm. do it at a very high level and they do it very well. It wasn't necessarily a goal of ours. It was whatever was going to be best for, for Belize. And, yeah. you know, the more we spoke with them, the more we, we realized that was the best way for us to go, uh, both in terms of um, attracting the, the best teams globally, but also in – uh, our quest or our goal, if you will, to uh, bring the the uh, attention to both the beauty of Green Belize and the mission of Friends for Conservation Development. So I, I felt like working with the folks at AR World Series that really gave us the best opportunity for that. So, um, have you have you heard any feedback from Belize on the? You know the film, the original film being on TV. I actually we have heard quite a bit, and uh, it's so exciting. You know, you take on a project like that, and and uh, you know you achieve your initial goals, your your near term goals of a producing a race in Belize, and then b capturing it, and actually then c having that film come to fruition and be picked up by somebody, right? So yeah. Uh, then it was uh, last. Last week, I believe, last Tuesday at 8.30 was the premiere in, in Belize on Channel 5. And uh, the feedback's been pretty good. We've already got um, some other citizens who want to compete in the event that are looking to uh, develop a Belize national team. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, some other uh, filmmakers are interested in, in supporting that. And then beyond that, you know, what I'm really wanting to do is to get it distributed throughout Central America on uh, to be a, a Maya Mundo event. And by that, I mean uh, have a team from each country in Central America. So that's going to be a big focus of ours for the next three months to have, you know, Guatemala has already shown interest. Costa Rica has already shown interest. Hopefully El Salvador, Honduras and Nicaragua, Ecuador, and then um, maybe Panama. They have some good racers. Uh, so that's kind of the thing that I'm working on right now with some folks in Belize is to uh, make it a Maya Mundo competition. So, well, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. So. Good for Central uh, America as well. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that there's not a lot of good racers down there Yeah, they're once, really once you identify them. Yeah, and you know what? I think we would have had even more of an international field in the first year, had we done a better job of getting that message out to the Maya Mundo countries? And uh, really, it's like a, a Mayan Olympics, if you will. So every country mm -hmm. that has the Mayan, the history of the Mayan culture within it, within its borders, would be there. And, yeah. and that's and that's virtually all of Central America. So that's a big group. So, are there any changes that? by being in a World Series race that you have to make, or is it going to be the same race, same number of people? Yeah, we're not, you know, we can accommodate uh, a few more racers, which is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the distance is going to be greater. It was 225-ish miles, depending on how much you got lost the last time. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> with a two-day-plus winning time, and this will be over 300 miles with a three-day-plus winning time. Um. 80% of this race course, maybe more, will be brand new, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, the hardest thing for us is the location of the hotels, which are very um, essentially located in the Cayo District of Belize, are in San Ignacio. So you have to get in and out of town from there. Yeah. Uh, it looks like the way we're going to do it, it could be as much as 90% or more of this race course will be completely new. Wow. And that's exciting, yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, you know, the first – uh, race in 2014 we had to in 2012 and 2013 build a lot of relationships with the uh, Belize Defense Force with the um, Institute of Archaeology with the Institute of Forestry obviously with 
uh, folks from Friends for Conservation Development um, because we were an unknown entity and I'm sure they get made lots of promises and they wanted to see that, you know, we were going to do things the right way yeah. And, be, yeah, and be good to our word. Now we have these relationships built, these very important relationships exist. So from here going forward, it's going to be a lot easier for us to do research. In February, when we were over there, we went to three locations where literally only a handful of people have been since the collapse of the Mayan civilization. And, you know, virtually unknown Mayan ruins um, into the Chiquibul Cave, which is a, a fairly new rediscovery. Obviously, the Mayans knew about it, but not a lot yeah. of people have known about it since then. Interestingly enough, it's now a World Heritage Site, and it's also yeah. now uh, officially the largest cave system in Belize. Wow. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. It's a moonscape that literally, like if you look at the photos on the Facebook page for My Mountain Adventure Challenge, you see how small those people in there are in those photos. But what you don't realize is that a quarter mile in front of them are other people that you can't even make out. They're on another ridge in the cave. Wow, that's that's my kind of cave. Yeah, it's, a, it's uh, <laughs> right now officially 52 kilometers. Uh, there are many five different uh, cavern entrances entrances that you could put an NFL football stadium in. Uh, the Chiquibul River flows in to the Chiquibul Cave and literally disappears underground for eight miles. So uh, it's these type of things which are going to make this. Everybody, I think, I think the word epic is really overused in adventure racing. Uh, but when you go to places where they're finding new species, that's kind of epic, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, and we are doing that. Down at Nohawk Chen, which is a sinkhole, we're finding well, – one, we know that the Mayans were either there when the sinkhole collapsed or were there afterwards. Yeah. Uh, because there are Mayan ruins down in the sinkhole we found a cave up the side of the sinkhole which is it's perfectly circular a half mile across and a quarter of a mile deep perfectly circular and when it went we know it went all at once it just collapsed all at once wow. um, you know but four new species in one sink sinkhole that's pretty crazy and we've only had one small group of scientists in there so as we go forward what are we going to find you know as we have better resources yeah Sounds uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, and, and the benefit <laughs> of it is to be able to go there, you know, this is how virgin this is. Three of the four strangers that were on that expedition with me, and you can see them again at the Facebook page, you'll see the pictures where I'm actually uh, preparing the patrol for this extended uh, reconnaissance. And three of the four rangers that were in there with us had never been to any of these locations before. That's how virgin. No. That's how virgin this place is. They were the same as us, wide-eyed and taking pictures with their phones. So sounds sounds like it's going to be a hell of a race. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> how are the entries open yet? It's open for yeah. You can register now, and uh, we're actually in the process of. Actually, I was with Mike Sear this morning from Extreme Prestige Worldwide Photography, and we were doing some reconnaissance of. Uh, the new areas, uh, the really, really virgin tracks that we're going to be going into. Um, the biggest thing that I'm trying to do right now is to build relationships between universities in the United States and Friends for Co Conservation Development so that they can go down there to Belize and use the research center, which is way, way out there, uh, to do their research, which will in turn support Friends for, for Conservation Development. Yeah. So cool. Well, let's wrap this up because actually the sound is going bad, which Skype does sometimes. Sure. So, um, it's it'll be a little rough to listen to, but it's a you're understandable. I'll tell people you you're not really a robot. Kind of got a robot sound. It's it's weird. Yeah. But but that's okay. Yeah. You know, nobody expects good sound from this podcast, so. <laughs> yeah, I've listened to a lot of them. And it's always enjoyable. So okay. Well, thanks. I'm gonna probably uh, I'll probably put this up with um, whatever I put up this this weekend. So sure, we'll we'll uh, get the people excited about it. Thank you, Randy. And we'll keep talking and talking about. The, uh, very excited. I'd like to do one with you and talk about this new location for adventure racing, which is the Nars Championship in September. There's never been a race done here. Um, it sounds like another cool spot. Yeah, so. it's very cool. So we'll follow up soon. 
Okay. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Randy. All right. Bye. Hey, Randy. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, you. And I'm guessing it's uh, too early to be drinking a little glass of wine, probably, right? Oh, it's I'm not good at <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh, my gosh. So, um, how you been? Been pretty good. Oops, you're breaking up. What was that? Oh. Uh oh, are you there? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm. This may not work because I'm not getting anything that you're saying yet. Oh. Okay. How about now? Is it better? Yeah, that's a little better. Probably okay. everybody in the world at the airport's talking at the same time, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um. So I I asked you how you were, and then I didn't I didn't hear your answer. Oh, pretty good. And uh, super busy since we got back um, last year and just trying to get stuff together with, uh, you know, figuring out my job again and um, racing with the slackers has been awesome. So have have uh, you guys done a race yet together? Yeah, we, um, let's see, there was September is the, the 30 hour in Bend mm -hmm. um, that they put on. So I did that one with Adam and um, and then another kind of a random teammate. And then we, let's see, Jason, Dan, Adam, and I did uh, the Florida Coast to Coast. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, yeah. in in March. And then we just did um, the. Um, it's 24 hour running around in Spokane. Mm -hmm. So 24 hour mountain bike race. So, so that was pretty good. Um, Jason and Chelsea rode solo, and then Dan and I did a team too. So, so you're almost like a full fledged member, right? <laughs> Done enough races. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm working my way up there. So, um, okay. Have have since you've been on the team, have you? Uh, done something during a race that none of the other teams do because to me that's the uh, yoga slacker seal of approval is if everybody's going right they go left <laughs> I always tell people don't ever follow them during a race because you never know what's going to happen you're either going to be the smartest person in the world or, or uh, die trying that is so funny um, no but we definitely I don't know we, they're definitely open to different um, perspectives, mm -hmm. which I find to be very uh, comforting. At least you know they're not they're not set in their ways, and they're not determined that they're absolutely correct. And they're always open to hear somebody else's opinion. Um, so I don't know. It, it's it's been a great experience to race with a bunch of people that are that are really truly professionals and have have been working and they do work every single race on getting better mm -hmm. and getting more efficient and getting, you know, just all around more skilled. Yep. Yeah. So it's, um, it's been fun. We, I, in, from my perspective, we all get along really well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll assume that's everybody's perspective. Um, well, I know I can, I kind of look at them. I think it's getting better, but they're kind of the, the quiet team. In adventure racing now they're tenth in the world that's pretty damn good but it's but I think only in maybe in the last year or so they've kind of come into that conversation about being being a really elite professional team and and they have been to me they have been before but for some reason it's just like coming together for them yeah and I think that has a lot to do with with having kind of a team manager mm -hmm. um, Mallory Page does a lot of work in their promotion and going after sponsorships and and getting word out 
Um, and I think that has helped a lot. And it's also, it's also kind of refocused a perspective of where the team needs to really where we need to focus to get out there and to maintain that position. Um, like <laughs> everybody was talking about Brazil for worlds this year and, and they're kind of like, ah, I don't know. I don't really know that I'm, that I want to do that race there, you know, another, another tropical race, another in the Mato Grosso. And I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff down there, you know, tons of gators, piranha, all that stuff. And they're like, I don't know. And now he's like, you're going, <laughs> you're going. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You have to go. <laughs> so, well, I mean, that's, that's so, good. I mean, it, that's, um, you know, a, a little aside, or as everybody that listens to this know, the ADD, AD, whatever part of it. Um, that's kind of the way I feel about it down there. I honestly haven't really been pursuing it very much to go down there to, to cover it. And it's just kind of like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not sure how much, how coverable it's going to be <laughs> and how comfortable mm-hmm. I would be down there. So. Um, I, I understand well, tell you what, what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I've been there. My uncle lives down there. Um, and we did a two-week trip all around the Mato Grosso and Sao Paulo and, and Hondonopolis, where he has his farm. And um, and we, my brother and I must have counted 200 alligators before we stopped counting. <laughs> and there were people on the side of the river that were catching piranha, and we brought one home. Wow. And, like... I mean, just, you, you think, and that was in the middle of the winter, and it was really, really hot. So this is going to be the middle of their summer, and it's just going to be hot and disgusting with all these things that want to kill you. So, I don't know. Yeah. It scares the bejesus out of me. And I don't I don't really see myself as the type of person that shies away from, you know, random things that want to kill yeah. you. I love South Africa. Oh. I love Africa in general. But there's something about that the hot, muggy, gross, humid, random fish swimming up your urethra that does not appeal to me at all. Yeah, no, I, I, um, to me, it's I don't mind so much the things that I can see that can kill you. It's, it's mm. the ones that you don't see coming, which is anything in the water as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so, I mean, we ran into, we didn't run into, but we walked up on a mountain lion yesterday, yesterday, Saturday. And it's like, what? oh, yeah. We, and it was really weird because we had three people and three dogs, and we just were walking down this nice trail, and and uh, our friend Lisa says, look at that. And it's like, it's like 70, 80 yards in front of us, just ambling down the trail. And it's like, man, how cool is that, right? Because... <laughs> Wow, that's awesome! I love I love seeing lions as long I love seeing lions as long as I see their tail first because that means they're going the other way. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, you know, people around here in the Black Hills are all freaked out about them, and you know, and they're like, "God, how do you go out there by yourself all the time?" And it's like, I li- I know that a lion sees me every time I go out because you know in the winter it's. You know, everywhere you go, there are lion tracks. So, you know, they don't care. You know, I just let them be. So, um, yeah. So that being, and you can't think about that stuff. No, no. You know, Paulette says she's way more worried about rednecks than mountain lions. Dude, that is so true. <laughs> I just talked to uh, JD Eskelson, mm-hmm. and he did the twenty-four hour Blue Ridge, uh, Blue Ridge yeah. race, and. He was like, and for the second weekend in a row, I have had a gun pulled on me in the woods. Wow. That's a... Yeah. Yeah, that's a little... And this is... Yeah. This is the army guy, right? Yeah. He's had a gun pulled on him more <laughs> adventure racing than in war. <laughs> well, maybe that says something about JD. <laughs> yeah, maybe it does. Maybe it does. <laughs> so, um, all right, where were we at? Oh, so um, are you on like the short list for the team to go to world or is that not decided yet or don't know? Or... Um, I don't, I don't think it's decided. I don't think so. I think they would want to take, um, the, the core team yeah. like they had last year, either Adam or Eric. Um, yeah. 
and Chelsea. I think there's still, I mean, even though we all get along really well, I think there's still a little, it could be a concern about having, you know, two females on the team. Yeah. Um, until we, until we get to race more together. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they just want to, you know, stick with known entities in a race like that, but. Well, it makes sense, but I mean, it's you know, it's obviously what they're trying to do is build a real good, good core of you know racers. So you got somebody all the time, right? Yeah. Um, how did you? Did they approach you? Did you? I mean, you know, it's I shouldn't say approach because everybody knows everybody, right? But um, did they come looking, or were you looking for a team? Um, they they brought it up, Jason. Um, sent me a message uh, on Facebook one day and was just like, hey, what do you think about racing with us next year and being a second female on the team? He's like, we've never really ventured into this before. Um, I mean, they've had other females race with them. Jen Van Gorder raced Cowboy Tough with them last year and um, a couple other things, but never as as like a full-fledged teammate. Um, and And so, of course, you know, I was thrilled because I've been racing against those guys for years and years and have nothing but respect for them and their, um, and their speed and their skill. And I don't necessarily see them going the other way. (laughs) No, I don't. I, I, I I see a lot of upside to that team. Um, Here's a few, few more yoga slacker questions and then, and then we'll talk about you, (laughs) but (laughs) Did um, were you the, were you the, even being experienced as you are? Were you still the new person when you first you know the first couple of races? Was I still the what? new person? Um, no, I. You know, it's funny is that I think maybe because we all knew each mm-hmm. other, I never, or maybe it's because I've raced with so many random teams, and you just kind of all just gel together but I've never really felt like the new jack or you know when when we're out racing I never feel like the outsider never feel like um I don't know like I'm just the fourth person that was added on you know it's it's always like no we're a team we're doing it all and, and working all together and they have a very good way of of communicating what everybody needs um and like hey let us know if you need something let us know if you need to stop for something or do whatever and then we can all stop at the same time and do whatever we need to do but it's all about communication it's all about um just getting everybody to the finish line faster um and you know basically all suffering together in some instances um, so no, I've never really felt like so much of the new guy. Okay. So, well, it makes, you know, I, I, I think that's that real experience part to me. The only where I see could be a problem is you got three people that race together a lot. They, they just look at each other and know what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, it takes a few races before you you catch on to that. So. You know, when somebody says, no, I'm fine, and you look at them and they're like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> yeah. so, um, okay. Here's here's question 1A. How did you get into this silly lifestyle thing? <laughs> um, that's funny. I started orienteering in college. Mm-hmm. and um, Okay, just a minute. Now, that's a little dad? weird already. Where did you go to college and orienteered? <laughs> um, I went to the Naval Academy. Okay, okay then it's not so and, weird. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not too bizarre, yeah. but my, um, my, one of my really good friends there was a, a European champion orienteer. Yeah. And so he introduced me to the sport at first and then would take me out to all the races in the area. Um, the Quantico Orienteering Club races, and um, and honestly, I I was more interested in trying to run and burn calories than I was in navigating. So I'd end up hopelessly lost for the first couple of 
raises. And then I finally figured out, oh, you guys can pay attention to the math and where they're going. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good lesson and then, to learn. And then I got better. Yeah, it was a very good lesson to learn very early on. Um, but then my best friend, who was a really good mountain biker, nationally ranked mountain biker, she, um, she just suggested one day after after graduation, she's like, hey, why don't we go and do an adventure? We've been watching these eco-challenges on TV and tell her to do this. And she found um, the e-fix mm-hmm. put on by Odyssey in West Virginia, and it was a, a 40-hour race that we finished in um, – no, was it 40? We finished like 39 hours and some change. Like barely, barely made yeah. it in the time cutoff, and I was totally hooked. Yeah. Um, she not so much. She doesn't do so well with sleep deprivation. I love yeah. it. I love every minute of it. So um, kind of went from there, and I've been doing it ever since, and that was back in 2001. Yeah. It's one thing that I've learned, you know, talking to all you people, is um, almost, I don't think anybody learns to love adventure racing. It's almost always, oh, I did it, and that was, you know, I found it. I mean, mm-hmm. why do you think that, for you, why was it, what what was it about it that, that hooked you immediately? But also the, the, the challenges that are both physical and mental mm-hmm. as you go through it all. Now pushing yourself to the also trying to navigate yourself through these things and make good decisions while you're sleep deprived and while you're in your mind. Um, and I just like having the the well rounded balanced challenge, if you will. Yeah. So were you an athlete before you started orienteering? Yeah, yeah. I uh, played softball in high school and volleyball, mm-hmm. and then I played volleyball in college. Yeah. Um, and then started running, and then I became a defensive specialist pretty quick in college because I couldn't jump anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, I'm guessing that you are no stranger than to teamwork after you know, the the academy. So... Do you have do you have any secrets to being a good teammate? Um, for being a good teammate, or yeah. for looking for one? For being a good teammate and looking. Well, let's, let's, um, I we'll think, make this a two part question. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Um, yeah, I think honestly, the the number one secret to it is thinking of other people before you think of yourself. Yeah, I. I, you know what, I've, I've I never that. heard that before, but that's like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just everybody's taken care of and everybody's got what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before you start diving down into into extra things. Oops, are you there? Thing ancillary. Can you hear me now? Uh, now I can, yep. Okay. Sorry. Uh, the wonders of technology. So, uh, I mean, it's amazing that I, really what we're doing is pretty amazing, so we'll cut it some slack, right? <laughs> yeah, it truly is. <laughs> so we were talking, yeah, talking about, you know, what. so what do you look for? We know what makes you a good teammate. What do you look for in a team teammate? If you were looking to fill out a team, what would what would you be looking for? Um, I think I look for somebody that's in in good shape and has a great attitude. So not somebody that's self absorbed, not somebody that's just chasing for the podium. Okay. Because if you do everything right and you make good decisions the podium finishes will happen if it's meant to be. Um, But if you think about it the whole race, it just ruins the entire experience. No, no, yeah. So you you just want a guy with a sense of humor. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
it's what I look for in a husband. It's what I look for in a teammate too. <laughs> so, oh, um, and I gotta. I, let's see. Before I forget this, I gotta say, I'm not, I'm not sure you don't like your dog better than your husband. <laughs> I still, I'm gonna, I will post the link to the uh, video from the finish of uh, Expedition Idaho, so so people can. Oh gosh, I love that video. That it's one of one of the highlights of adventure racing, to me, that I've ever seen. So it was it was pretty pretty cool. And, and quite honestly, that's what Paulette would do, and I'd be fine with it too. So <laughs> you know, we're always here. You should have seen the one when. Did you see the one when? both of the dogs when I got home from deployment no I didn't I can uh... oh it was on on Facebook that one was amazing they both went apeshit <laughs> well I mean what you were gone for probably what a year so I can 10, ten I, months I know Chile I had long story short I had to go down to the cabin I was working been working on last night late to turn off the water and come home this morning at six o'clock, and Chili was like, "Where the hell have you been?" And she was went nuts. So, I can imagine for ten months. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty <laughs> intense. So, um, so can I ask what? Why? Why are you sitting in Dallas and headed for Europe? Going to have fun, or are you working? Um, going to have fun. We're my stepson's. Um, he just graduated from high school, and he's joining the Marine Corps this. This summer, so we're taking him to Normandy for D-Day. Wow. Okay. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun, and hopefully we'll give him a little perspective on the sacrifice of the, you know, the weight of everything that he's entering into, yeah. not just a big game, you yeah. know? So, well, I think he's got a, a, a decent role model in you. So, um, all right, back to adventure racing. But... I would. I was. I don't know if it's appropriate to say have fun at Normandy, but have a have a good time. Play <laughs> well. Okay. Um, what's here's something from left field. What's the worst mistake you've ever made while you're racing? Um, the worst mistake I would say would be being too hard on myself. I think there's so much about adventure racing that's like, you know, I mean, maybe 20% physical and 80% mental, especially when you get to a deprivation. Mm -hmm. And I think if you start beating yourself up, you start losing that mental battle really quickly. Yeah. And the, the only bad races I've ever had are those when I just didn't think I could do it or got upset at myself for being the slowest member on the team or being slower at that moment than anybody else because um, you know that changes mm -hmm. people have their strong days and then they have their not so strong days um, so I think I think that would be overall my biggest mistake in any race would be just those times when I let I let the mental piece slip and and lose control of a positive positive mental outlook, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah, I understand that. So do you ever, have you ever done in a race, like, said, you know, you guys go ahead, I'll be there in a couple of minutes and just go in the back and just, like, scream at yourself? <laughs> or, 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 at, or at somebody else on the team? Is it, do, you ever, do you ever need that, just got to get it out during a race? Um. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I have. I actually, it's funny, in that race in, in March, I guess I was kind of like, I was pretty much falling asleep because we didn't sleep at all. So we're, we're midway through the second night and I was falling asleep on the bicycle and riding off, off the road a little yeah. bit. And, uh, and I'd wake up with, as I was like riding into the ditch and then come back out and I was trying to keep myself away. So I just start, and I was getting really frustrated at my sleep. Mm -hmm. And screaming at myself and dance like, I'm pretty sure you had Tourette's right there. <laughs> you were like cursing and screaming, and I barely, like, I don't even remember it. You know, it was one of those moments where I'm like, oh, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
was that one of those points where, because in in my day, way back when, when I was doing like ultra road riding, I can remember being on the road and thinking, I could just close my eyes and fall asleep right now, and I wonder what would happen. I mean, I, I mean is that, if, if, or am I just weird, or have you ever wondered that, if, if you just like, if I just fall asleep, I wonder what will happen. See, I never wonder what would happen. I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I can ride straight. I'm yeah, good. You'll be fine. So I, I watched. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, I watched Paulette walk off of uh, Little Devil's Tower at Primal Quest 09 with the Marines. She was <gasps> she was literally asleep walking. And she was just following. Oh, my. She'd veer off a little bit, and Tosh would go, Paulette, and she'd just like, okay. And, you know, but, you know, kept moving while oh. sleeping. It's like, that's, that's a good skill to have. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all get to that point at some point in time. Yeah. But typically, you, it, it helps to get on toe, mm -hmm. yeah. at least on foot, because then you just, like, you, you've got a leash, and you don't go wandering yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he... You know, but it's, it's kind of like drafting in, you know, drafting in a bike race or during the race. You can almost shut down totally because you just have to follow somebody. You don't have to think about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You just have to just, just, all you got to do is follow that person and I'll be fine and shut your whole mind off. So, um, totally. Here's, here's the, uh, the other question I have to ask everybody because if I don't, somebody will say, why not? The, your best and worst six hours racing ever. The best and worst what racing? Six hours of racing. Oh, golly. <laughs> um, gosh, that's really hard. It it kind of is for some people, and then some people are like, "Oh yeah, there's this, there I was at band camp," and, but, but. Um, I think so. One of my favorites um, was a stretch in South Africa um, when we came out to the Cape and got down on the water and basically had to just cruise along the beach for a while and find some shipwrecks and stuff. And I think it, we, we arrived at the beach like right about sunrise mm. and it was just the most gorgeous scene. Um, and then just, you know, cruise up the beach and I let the guys go ahead so I could have a moment by myself. And it was, it was really very peaceful and, such a cool experience to be somewhere you know that you would never otherwise be. Yeah. Um, and there, you know, there are a lot of moments in that race too. Like we went running through a wildfire, and because um, it was going to be like a ten-mile ride around it, <laughs> we picked up our bikes and ran right through it. <laughs> yeah, I made. There's lots of really fun moments in that yeah. race. Um, and gosh, the worst six hours. I don't know. I don't. I don't even know if I have an answer for well, that. No. Um, apart from maybe a, um, a okay here. How about this one? <laughs> Balance Bar Sprint Series uh, racing with Revo back in 2004, um, and it was only a three and a half hour race. We started on oh, and I started on total, and Josh Crosby towed my butt around, and we were running sub six minute miles. I thought my heart was slowed. Mm. And we ended up making like a lot of good decisions in that in that race and kinda of running around mm. and um past the end and as we were going down this single track trail, there were people, you know, were riding the bikes to the finish and there were people that were like, You're the first team, you're the first team And so then, you know, we got all excited about it because after all of that pain and suffering, you know, we're like, Woo, fun. And we got to the finish, and apparently the top two teams had taken the road back yeah. because there was a sign that was backward or something, and 
Um, and so we didn't end up winning. We got third place by quite a large margin because uh-huh. it was much faster to go on yeah. the road than it was on the trail. Yeah. But, um, but that was probably my worst experience in, yeah. in adventure. Just because it seemed so long. Because we knew we were allowed to travel on the and everybody knew that. Then they went on and, and were fine. You know, yeah. Nothing happened. Yeah. So. So, do you... Not really a... Well, that, no, I mean, that's probably pretty good. If you, that if if that's your worst six hours, you've had a pretty good career, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, every time I get in the woods, I'm just happy, yeah. you know? It's like, even when it sucks, mm-hmm. it's better than sitting in an office. There is that part for sure. Do you make sure you take plenty of time to look around and enjoy it? I definitely try to, and there's always at least one moment in a race where, where I mentally at least salute how beautiful the place is wherever we are and how grateful I am to be there because without that race, I never otherwise would yeah, be. Yeah. Well, and I think to me that's a real interesting point of adventure racing is I mean, you could you could go out your back door and go to fifty cool places, right? But going, yeah. but that other people don't know. But if I came there, you could take me to fifty cool places that I've never been. And I think that's what adventure racing does: is take you to those places that you know locals only sort of spot. Um, I think that's to me that's one of the really cool things about the whole race is the race directors always take you to the neatest places. Yeah. And the top of every mountain. <laughs> well, you know, I used when I set up rogaine courses, I used to do that all the time, top of every mountain, because you know, why not? And, and I realized that it's way more fun to make them find the re-entrant off the second re-entrant. So I've kind of yeah. got out of that top of the mountain thing. Did you, know. you realize? Challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you so you you started racing in two thousand one. Is that right? Was it? Yes. What's What's the biggest Im- technological improvement in gear? Oh my gosh! Things have gotten so much <laughs> more lightweight. I think I think that the single biggest technological advancement I'd say would be bicycles. Mm. The bikes we have with the yoga slackers right now that's the first one right yeah. with a, a loud fork is in front. Mm-hmm. And it's a climbing machine. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, I can't argue that. I think, uh, yeah, bikes have come a long way, that's for certain. I mean, everything has. I mean, you know, bikes, lights, tents, shoes. But it's it's interesting to get everybody's perspective on that. So, um, mm-hmm. Here's something I think you might have a good answer for because you've you've been you're a seasoned seasoned veteran, so to speak. Um, if you look back at like the old eco eco quest primal quest days. If you could go back and race one race with with any team from those days, who'd you like to go race with, and where? Oh, I think I would. Um, I would like to race with Robin Van Casa in New Zealand. Hmm. Um, New Zealand because I love it there. Yeah. It's amazing, beautiful. Um, but with Robin, because she. Just has such a great personality and so knowledgeable about the human body and about pushing herself and about really going to the lengths that it takes to to be a champion. Mm-hmm. So I think there'd be a lot to learn and a lot of laughs to be had. Yeah. So I that, okay, it's a good choice. Now here's here's a a, a variation of that. Um, if you went back with the yoga slackers, how do you th- how do you think you would do 
say, a, you know, a New Zealand or a Borneo or, or one of those races? Honestly, I think it'd be pretty, I think we would be pretty competitive. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I, th- you know, I think adventure racing has become way more, I think racing, it keeps growing is a growing part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, you know, when we, back in the day again, like the first time we did Leadville, the Leadville 100 mountain bike, it was like, man, just finishing. And now it's like, it's a full-on race for 100 miles. And I think, I think everything kind of takes that, that, uh, that uh, growth curve of, you know, can I do it? Oh, we can do it. Okay, now how fast can we do it? So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so what's, what's on your uh, schedule for the rest of this year? Uh, well, Cowboy Tuck yeah. in July. And then we're doing a couple. Well, we've also got the the Bend Solstice uh, Air on the 21st of June. Um, that's a 12-hour from 7P to 7A. And um, and then Cowboy Tough. And then we're doing a couple of smaller races in the Northwest, like one up in Bellingham and um, another one in the Cascades, I think further down south. But apart from that, that's, that's about all I have on the list right now. I know the slackers are we're still trying to figure out who's going to. Um, I'm sure they're going to send a team to Nationals yeah. and who's going to go to Worlds. And then they've got Patagonia. And then there's also um, another race going on at the same time, I think, as Patagonia next year um, in Central America. Okay. They want to send a team, too. So that's... Uh, February, I want to say. Yeah, the same thing. Next year. So. Um, do you want to go to Patagonia? Um, love Patagonia. <laughs> I would, I would really like to do that, but I would love to go to Central America too. So, so, so you, you'll, you'll be fine either way, right? Mm-hmm. I will be happy. <laughs> um, so, um, Cowboy Tough will be what I understand from talking to Mark is going to be a little more uh, straight through racing this year. Do you think, you think that's good for you or would you like to do the race where you kind of got a little bit of a break each night, the fast teams, which. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's kind of funny because I've been, I've been trying to mentally prepare myself for the stage Mm -hmm. race. Um, I think, I personally do a lot better um, with going straight through because mm-hmm. um, I I do pretty well with sleep deprivation yeah. and at least my perception is that I get stronger as well um, yeah. and you know kind of just get into things and and go. So I was. I don't know. I've been concerned about the stage race aspect of it because I've never really done yeah. much of that, except for bike races, omniums, and stuff. I've never really done true stage racing in adventure racing. Yeah. Well, I think you know from what Mark said last time we talked on the podcast. You know, they want it to be a little bit more nonstop, being a World Series race. So. Um, cool. I don't, I don't know <laughs> anything more than what he said about that. So, but. Uh, I kind of like it. I don't particularly like the, you know, the stopping at night. And to me, it's hard to get going again, and and not from not from the racing standpoint, but from the uh, being there and filming. It's like it's almost easier just to keep moving. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do know that. You know, for me, I never I never lay down to sleep while I'm covering an adventure race. I always sit in the front of the truck, and it's way, way easier. So laying, da- laying down makes it hard to get going again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you sit in the truck, all you have to do is swing your legs out. Yep, right? exactly. Well, you know, literally that's what it is. You open your eyes, you open the door, you put your feet in your shoes, and you start. I mean, you just, you know. Yeah. It, 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 for some reason, it's way easier. So, um that last night when I had to drive down to the cabin to turn off the water, 
long story. Um, it's like, wow, this is this is like adventure race training for me, you know, driving on gravel roads and <laughs> 10 o'clock at night looking for something. And it's like, wow, training, driving around training. How great's that? <laughs> so, um, just a couple more here, and then you can go back to uh, waiting to fly. <laughs> but um, if you could design a race for yourself with, you know, your strong points, your weak points, what you like, what you don't like, what what kind of uh, race would it be? Lots of biking, whitewater rafting, uh, very little still water paddling because mm -hmm. I just think it's boring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, roped stuff. And no sleep. And no sleep, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. All right. One question, and this is, this is usually the hardest question for everybody. So prepare yourself. So um, when you get home in a week or so, you start packing for Cowboy Tough. Are you still packing your stuff the night before you leave? Um, I've start, tried to start getting better. Um, but I find that I always forget if I don't the night before. Yeah. So, so pretty much like lay things out and then have the list mm -hmm. and then scramble at the last minute and pack it up and go. Yep. Well, that is the the uh, correct answer. <laughs> the only let's see who the, the only two that don't one is Mark Latanzi because he says my bag's always packed, so he doesn't have and yeah. um, he's always got the sprinter van packed. Yep, and uh, Donovan. Yeah, I think it was Donovan Sims says no. He always gets done twenty four hours before he leaves, so he can spend the last day with his family. So, oh, that's sweet. Yeah, but you know, does it really happen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, so um, well, cool. Have I missed anything? Anything we should talk about? Uh, I don't think. So. I think we covered a lot. We did. It was good. It was interesting. Um, different, a different perspective, and you know, got to keep to make sure I keep get. All the yoga slackers on the podcast, and actually, this whole next month is going to be cowboy tough racers. So, we killed two birds with birds with one stone with this one. So, so, well, cool. So, I got to tell everybody, you know, go fast, take chances. I know you're going to be going fast because you're on an airplane, but don't take any chances. So, and uh, in in uh, enjoy your enjoy your time in uh, Normandy. Be well. Sure. So. All right. Thanks. thanks. Where can you find pleasure? Sucks the world for pleasure. Where science, technology. Where can you begin to make? On the land or on the sea Where can you learn to fly play in sports or skin dive Study oceanography Sign up for the big band or sit in the grandstand When your team and others
What you want to hear? 